Hey, hey, this is the Bachelor Masters. We are dodging ambulances going by in order to record this podcast cleanly without any background noise. Hey, guess what I ate today? I don't know. <laughs> A gluten-free bagel. Sounds gross. Was it gross? <laughs> it was very, very dry. Yeah, I don't want... Missing That's gluten. a hard one to do without That's gluten. missing the gluten. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got to get this bit of jokes out of the way. What? Take my, take my breath away. You have it as the orchestral well, composition. I, I know I was actually going to say, like, take it away, Craig, with the whole Top Gun thing. I know nothing about Top Gun. I've never seen it. Except I love the band Berlin. I like actually the whole album's really good. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you know, I like that band. I've actually seen them a few times. And honestly, um, the Bachelor You've Club seen Berlin Club. a few times? A few times, yes. No, I see, to, I'm adding this to the list to, of things I don't believe you about. I have a picture with Terry Nunn. How about that? Okay, like, name, name the few times you've seen Berlin. I saw them at mostly like 80s festivals. Ah. Uh, and, and I will go to see them. Like at the fairgrounds? Um, it wasn't at, I think it was at a fairground, but it wasn't at a fair. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like that band. <laughs> but that's the only thing I know about Top Gun. Me and my okay, play, play the orchestra piece for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Now this is uh, that's actually from the episode, right? Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, if I've seen them, and that's poor Will digging out his jacket in the water. Uh, if I've seen them a few times, I'm sure they're cheap enough for the bachelor to get. I mean that in the best oh, way. Oh, you as mean fans. actually get Berlin? Yes. Okay. Well, so here's the thing. I tweeted about this, and what I think is actually a lot more interesting. No offense to the work you oh, did getting that clip is. That Jessica Simpson covered the song. Yeah. And, why? and it's really cringy. Yes. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> I remember I was. Uh, uh, you know what? The whole Berlin thing has a background to me because me and a very good friend of mine, my really good friend since like fifth grade, we were big fans together and we had a lot of bonding what? moments over them. Weirdly. Well, uh, if I have to give away the whole story, Craig, I like having it in my head. Um, oh, so me as a ESL person, one of the first songs in English I ever remember hearing is that song. Uh, and learning a new language and you don't know many words, right? Yeah, sure. Um, I always thought it was take up with the hula instead of take my breath away. And I still hear it my way. And so my take friend up with a hula take up with the hula. I have no idea why, but I still hear it that way. Like, I still don't think I'm wrong. I think she sings it that way. And uh, my friend thought it was so funny. And then we bought the album thinking that's so funny. And then we really liked it. And then we were like, let's go see them. So it kind of snowballed right into what. And she even went as Terry Nunn for Halloween, dyed her hair half and half, half white, half black. You'd have to look up this band. They were kind of like Blondie plus <clears throat> um, 
I can't think of another 80s band that's like them, like Susie Sue, uh, mm-hmm. Susie and the Banshee. So it was kind of emblematic to us as like. So you got thrust into a whole bunch of nostalgia upon hearing the orchestra play this during the episode. Uh, no, because I've heard it so many times. But my point in telling you this was just that that's the only thing I know about Top Gun. I want I wanted uh, you to tell a story about Top Gun since you know everything. Like, did they get the references right? Does anything make sense in what they did? <laughs> or, I don't know. I feel well, like they we, get references wrong all the time. We haven't heard from Caitlin yet on this podcast. <laughs> Are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Uh, I have seen Top Gun. <laughs> I think a few times. Obviously, the original one. I don't even know if the new one's out yet. But no, I, I think it. Was, I think they made it, and then the pandemic hit, and so yeah. they're kind of they're just like sitting on it. Yeah, so they had the two actors from it come on the date. Who not the, not the two actors? They had just two, two guys actors. who are in it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so they probably play pilots, but they're not the lead guys. I guess I, I've never heard of either of them. I'd heard of um, Glenn Powell because he was in a rom-com I watched on Netflix like last year. Oh. He was good in it. Cool. What rom-com is that? And the is other that? guy I think is on Insecure, the Issa Rae show. Ah. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so they're both, they're actors who work for sure. They've been in things. Yeah, well that's good. Yeah. They're probably so... better catches than half the guys on this season. I mean, yeah, they're both, like, handsome, so they already have that going for them. Well, look, easier. the only story about Top Gun I have is that I met Jack Epps, who wrote Top Gun. Uh-huh. And I met him... Oh, you saw Top Gun, sorry. Uh-huh, go ahead. <laughs> well, are you going to play it or not? I just did. That's all. We just need the hook. No, hit it. Take up with the hula. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's not. It's there's. It's kind of a story without a punchline. I I I had this whole. Th- I knew I was going to meet him, so I had this whole thing cooked up about how Top Gun was a great. Top Gun. Anor- <laughs> oh, I see what we're doing here. Okay, how the film was a was a, a great example of anarchist filmmaking because so. because it's about the frivolousness of life and how you don't you shouldn't ever <laughs> you you shan't. <laughs> Um, make form relationships that are meaningful because you're only in this world for yourself. And it's symbolized by huh. him throwing Goose's dog tags into the water at the end of the film. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I was maybe going to watch that someday. Okay. So, uh, so I was like ready to go and I was going to be like, yeah, Jack F. It's so great to meet you. What do you think about it as an anarchist film? And when I when I shook his hand and he's like, hey, Craig, I, I was like, I just blurted out, Top Gun. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's the best story you ever told. <laughs> and he, he laughed. And then he gave me like a like a canned insider info, you know, like insider info he gives Oh, everyone. people, yeah, they, they're ready with those because they're like, yeah. oh, great. Yeah, another <laughs> fanboy, yeah. <laughs> but he told me that... Uh, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer had had gotten the studio off their backs, which was why the film is so good, is because the studio had no involvement in the creative 
process. Mm. You know, that is a that actually did have a punchline. You know, it would have been better if you would have said Top Gun and then a, our orchestra behind you just started playing. <laughs> but Yeah, that would have been pretty good. Yeah, I'm that's it, amazing. Just that's a blurting out Top Gun. Yeah, I blurted <laughs> it out. It was pretty funny. Um I see when you put it that way, makes me want to watch it. But I don't want to watch some, like, Warhawk de- jingle. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's what Jack Epps right? said. That was his, the point of his, his story, was that if the studios had gotten involved, it would have just been, like, a shoot em up bang-bang, you know, save the save the person from the... Di- you know, you know it, was just, it would just be a normal action movie. But because the studio wasn't involved, him and Bruckheimer were able to craft it into a a compelling drama that has like lots of different layers. Craig, I hate to break it to you, but I do think it's a classic shoot 'em up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, there's a love story that actually isn't cringe. There's a love story. The volleyball scene is legendary, obviously. Uh, Wait, wait, we're, we're dancing around because me and I'm sure a lot of people as a, as hearing this can you just give me like a two sentence plot line sure um do you want the spoiler version or the not spoiler version well yeah you already spoiled it the guy dies i'm sure right Some well guy. there's there's a death and it's 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 gut-wrenching because it's unexpected and it's it's like during a bromance so they it they actually is very sad yeah yeah they like they basically kill the, the the one of the main characters like unexpectedly but it's about Navy fighter pilots on an aircraft carrier and the how they deal with relationships with each other and with women and their commanding officer. And uh, there's a few tight spots with an unnamed but probably Russian <laughs> Soviet Union fighters that are invade their airspace. That's it. Oh, okay. So it's like coming of age like they're learning about them like tom cruise learned something about himself yeah and you could interpret that (laughs) in an as an anarchist from an anarchist perspective that he learns that you you really can't shouldn't invest in relationships because they're always going to let you down Hmm. interesting well you know what (laughs) i've done this more than a few times where i've decided what the movie is and the writer director whoever has totally been like no and just like, like, no. And I was like, oh, sorry. I thought it was better than it is, I guess. So it's better not to meet your idols, you know, that kind of thing. Um, anyway. Oh, well, I have a quick tangent if we want to talk about meeting, like, famous screenwriters slash directors. Uh, I used to work with Paul Schrader's daughter. So I've met him and, like, hung out at their lake house and stuff. I don't know who that is. Oh, I'm just looking oh, up Jack driver. Epps. He also wrote Secret of My Success starring Michael J. Fox. That's a good one. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> oh, so he wasn't in just in two movies? <laughs> oh, Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> and Family Ties. Well, he wrote, um, he wrote, uh, he wrote, um, so he did Top Gun, Secret of My Success, Turner and Hooch, Dick Tracy, Wow. And according to this, he also... Turner and Hooch. Um, 
Yeah, he helped on the story of Top Gun Maverick, apparently. Oh, cool. The new one. Okay, but any real Top Gun insight here? Because well, hold on. This so, whole episode bored me. Uh huh. Caitlin was going to tell a story and then kind of trickled oh, yeah, off. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yes, yes. Oh, I thought I did tell the story, and you said you didn't know who it was about, so we just moved on. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't no. know who I didn't until you said, and I still haven't seen. I haven't seen Taxi Driver either. I'm yeah, that's his person. most famous thing. But like, he's known for working with Scorsese. That's like their uh, buds. Oh, yeah. who I also do not like. Sorry, everybody <laughs> in the world. Well, taxi, Taxi Driver. You want to talk about an anarchist film? Jeez. Uh, well, it's always like guys in his head. Guy yeah. does dumb shit. Guy can't. Like, dude grow up like that's always my response to like a bunch of those dumbass movies anyway sorry i'm not like a film person i'm not like a film scholar you know even I though mean, i am on a film podcast matt's movie lodge yeah, <laughs> shout when, out when was la- <laughs> when's your next go round on that one uh i don't know i was uh september right? we had a anyways don't want to make you jealous craig well see taxi um, driver <laughs> is, is a little bit more complex than he's in his head he goes out into new york and realizes how truly awful people are to each other and then decides and so to... he's off what a great <laughs> yeah but it's a scorsese film yeah i don't <laughs> that doesn't make things better for me okay so no top gun insight got it <laughs> no it's well top, there's top gun insight because it relates because they're both anarchist films mm-hmm. okay. okay no i was gonna say to the date well, they did give them call signs, and that is Top Gun related because yes. pilots have their nickname, call signs. Yeah, yeah that's where Maverick comes from. Yeah, so Ma- Maverick is his is Tom Cruise. That's his nickname on in the in the mm-hmm. Navy fighter pilot. Everyone has a nickname. Yes. So that's where Doughboy comes from. <sighs> Keep going, yeah. Caitlin. We're really irking along here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, the call signs were definitely tied into it. Um, you know, the actors tried to say that a tie-in was when they made the men go on like the gyroscope thing, yeah, and they had to tell Michelle how they felt about her, and they were like, this was actually very key to our process, because we would have to be emoting through G-forces in our acting in the planes. Yeah. Which could be true. The the What made the original Top Gun so good was that they, so like the late, uh, to, uh, Tom Cruise. No, to, Tom Cruise. No, Tony uh, Scott, the director. I mean, it's very realistic. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Well, he wanted to. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, but then I decided that would probably be bad. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, keep going. Um. Um. But. It's very realistic, the jet fighter scenes. So I imagine Top Gun Maverick is very realistic as well, and that they actually pulled G's in one way or another in order to film scenes. So there you go. Sounds horrible. Yeah, sounds really horrible. <laughs> Did you ever see Days of Thunder? That's about mean, auto no. Oh, you would like that, Caitlin. It's about auto racing. Aren't you into auto racing now for some reason? I am now into auto racing, so I should oh. probably watch Days of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that was the one where nicole kidman and him like the one that they met at yeah that's how they yeah, met yeah that is the one they met at oh okay then i have wait it's but she's in a barn i'm confused maybe that's a different one it, i just remember the scene where she's in a barn and she like tries to pitchfork him and then anyways i don't well, really want to look they, it up 
They, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but they build the car in a barn, so there, there is barn oh, okay. elements maybe, to it. Maybe that's it. <laughs> okay, so, um, <laughs> d- uh, blah, blah, blah. Peter, no, William confronts Peter. Everything seems to go as we, as like is super expected, and moving on. I don't know. I do There's not much here. Threw my jacket in the pool. Yeah. Would, yeah. He he only didn't hit him because he got to hit him earlier because that will get you kicked off. Oh, I know how to <laughs> save this podcast. What what did you do for Halloween, Caitlin? I did nothing. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was looking for a good story. Nope. I was like, I don't have the time or energy for this, so I am not going to do anything. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, well, all right. The Will and Peter thing was, I felt a little bit bad for Will when he started crying. Mm. Yeah, I I liked I like him, and Peter's the kind of guy who he can't get you back in like a real manly way. He can't get you back fair and square, so he gets you back in a sneaky, you know punch you in the dick way which isn't fair uh according to man right craig <laughs> so i i just this that's his that, that's who he is though he cheats he probably he talks about class he uh oh, he's just he's just gross and tacky and a cheater like i don't know I, this is peter uh, peter yeah aren't you a big fan <clears throat> of jersey shore i'm surprised to hear you saying well, bad things about him he's he's saying it himself and yeah i am but he's See, that's the thing is that the Jersey Shore people who I've never been exposed to in my life were exemplary. They are enigmatic, right? And that's why the show is so popular. They are the standouts out of a sea of the same, I'm sure a sea of the same kind of people. We could do that with any group that's obnoxious to people. Right. <clears throat> um, okay. <laughs> anyway that's it the only the only thing i really took from this whole um date was well i was i was super surprised that martin got the rose i didn't uh that made no sense to me but i oh, feel like he, really, he was the one that spoke spanish while he was no no that will. was will Oh. Uh, Martin is the guy who pulled Michelle aside during the date to oh, be like, right, hey, are right. you doing okay? Uh, like, yo, yo, can I talk to you for a sec? <laughs> yes, no, that was and she liked oh. that. But also, I think that Martin is cute. I'm just going to uh, put this out there. The glasses are really working for me. Whoa. Mm, I don't... Uh, he reminds me of too many people, I know. <laughs> but... You, you know, with and then Martin, when he took the glasses off to get like into the makeout, that was cute. Um, I think, I think she gave him the rose because she couldn't give it to Brandon. Um, now see, Craig. Okay, last week, I felt like she was to- Brandon was totally not into Michelle. This week, I feel like he really turned a corner, and he, uh. The chemistry made sense to me, that it and it did not last week. Uh huh. So, 
that's where I am with Brandon now. <laughs> and I think that was for, wait, that was this? No, that was the same date, right? I feel that like I saw the, the same other group date. date. Oh, okay. That was the other group date. Okay, we'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, like, he got the, we'll just skip to it. Brandon got the rose on the second one and oh. Martin got it on the first one. Mm. And I think Martin gets it here because, well, they made out a little bit and she liked that he asked how she was doing and she didn't want to give it like any of the other guys. I think she likes Nate and he was on this date, but like they didn't really chat very much. And obviously I think she wants to not show too much favoritism. So I think Martin gets it because she's never going to give it to Peter, obviously. <laughs> I don't think she really likes Will. Uh, Clayton's on that date, but he didn't like really do anything. So can we, can we talk about Clayton for a second? Yeah, go ahead. This guy's going to be the bachelor. We are in big trouble. Why? We're going to have to podcast about him. So? My God. He's got if you, nothing going on. If you have a problem with Clayton, <laughs> oh, okay, you're saying because you think he's, like, shallow or... He's kind of vapid. a blockhead, if there's okay. a... If, if that's not a derogatory... I mean, it is a derogatory term, but it's not, like, an inappropriate term. I'll call him a blockhead. I don't think we've um we've gotten enough of him yet to really know what his deal is, because... For somebody that everybody knows is the next Bachelor, he's been very quiet on the season yeah. so far. Yeah. Mm, yeah, but <clears throat> that's how we felt about Colton. And we got one hell of a season, so I think it'll work out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. I do think so. I, 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 I do think she gave it to Martin because she couldn't give it to anyone else on that date that she wanted to give it to. I think she just needs, she's trying to spread out the guessing game because I don't know. She doesn't feel interested in a lot of people. I think she likes will. Okay. I just don't think she is. I think she's very interested in three men, basically Uh, Nate, Joe, and another one that's escaping me right now. Who am I thinking of? Brandon. Brandon, yes, Brandon. She does seem to be into Brandon. I think he's definitely up in the top set of guys right now. You're going to hate me, but which one is Brandon? Oh, so I'll play you a clip so you can hear. Ready? This is this guy. He he really hasn't done much in terms of, like, distinguishing himself. But maybe if you hear his voice and you'll remember who he is because he told a story. Your poem was so beautiful that it spoke to me too because oh. I've been through such a similar experience. Okay. Yeah, we got to talk about the spoken word stuff. Okay. We got we got to lock and load on spoken word. Okay, go crazy. Yeah, that was a uh, that date. First of all, the Canadian motivational speaker went buck wild because apparently he loves that yeah. spoken word guy. He's the reason he got into spoken word. Yeah, they, they all like. Huh. Find for the for the top ten date they found. I mean, they didn't find. They're like, which one of you wants to go on camera, get more camera time, and say you're a fan? Me, <laughs> you know. I mean, I maybe think... we shouldn't say anything bad about spoken word. Some of our listeners might be really. It's into spoken not against word. spoken word. It's against who they choose to be a uh, star on this show. They do it to everybody. It makes no sense. They always have these no name musical guests. And then they have the the lead go, oh, my God, I can't believe No Name Blah 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 is playing right now. And you're like, right. yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Me, I can believe it. Well, I kind of wanted to make fun of spoken word itself. 
but I'm having second guesses. I'm second guessing my thoughts on doing that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel <laughs> because a little it is a bad. legit art form. Yeah. yeah, and like these people are the people who do it regularly. They care about what they're doing and they're putting effort into it. So I feel bad, sort of mocking it. But there is a distinct, like the reason why I believe the Canadian uh, Chris G. I think is the Canadian motivational speaker. I absolutely believe that he is a huge fan of spoken word because he did the spoken word cadence when he did his poem, you know, where they do the dramatic pauses in certain places. I think he's really into it. Every time I hear it, it reminds me of those anti-tobacco commercials. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they run yeah, all over the country. There's one like on recently that's like a spoken word. One. They're all like that because they're trying to... So you're, you're trying to... <laughs> see do oh my God, you can't do it. <laughs> well, I got to think ahead here. Uh, you're trying to bring us down by propping us up when rally we're the victims. <laughs> we're the ones being put down. You're you're trying to put us in a hole in a box. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Craig. It's just it's just. Isn't too that kind of how it is? Yeah. You know what? It's just too much of a parody of itself at yeah. this point. There's to too much. Of, there's too much vernacular. It's like if, if you don't do it a certain way, then it's not spoken word, and that therefore it's very weird to hear spoken word because they all end up sounding the same. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have anything against it or for it. I just don't care. But anyway, go ahead. Anything else about the spoken word date other than what? Because what Brandon and Michelle have to say to each other seems finally we're getting to some important stuff. Are you going to play a clip? I would say no. the <laughs> yeah, the same clip. The <laughs> only other thing of note in the spoken word date is that Jamie did not do a spoken word thing. That he just like told a story. <laughs> right. That's what and Craig he said. He lost. That That's is what, what I... But he said he lost his <laughs> notebook, which was weird. Yeah, that was weird. They were all. It looked like they all were using the exact same type of notebook. I think they were literally given notebooks for this. So he somehow lost it. In like an hour, yeah, he didn't he want was, to do it. Yeah. yeah, I think he was just kidding, but it wasn't. It didn't land. Yeah, or something. Yeah, I don't know. Very weird. Hmm. He didn't okay. Want to do it? Yeah. Anyway. I mean, he should have gotten into more trouble for not doing the assignment, but he didn't. You don't have to get in trouble. You don't have to do any of the assignments. Hasn't all the cheaters taught you that? <laughs> you don't have to do it. You can do it your way. You can do it anything you want as long as it makes sense to everybody. Um, you can have it your way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> so you want to um, get to Rancho Cucamongo guy date? Rodney? No, yeah. I don't. I, I have oh, to Rodney. I just wanted to play uh, Brandon. Uh, so... Brandon does his actually really good spoken word. Like he actually did it in the cadence and in the intonations and had, the, you know, it kind of goes into almost a song. And then Michelle did hers. And then we heard the beginning of that clip where he's kind of like, wow. Tell me about that. So, of course, I'm a late bloomer, too. And, you know, I had braces all five years. I wasn't the most good looking tenant. I was 5'2", all the way up until junior year of high school. So um, it took me a long time to be comfortable in my own skin. And, uh, you know, going to a, a prominently white high school um, and being light skinned, um, they're like, hey, you're not black. You're not this, you're not that. Or you have to choose a side, you know. 
Right. Why and do you have to choose? There's so much height shaming out there. You notice that? It's okay. it's still okay. We haven't we haven't come around to the idea that you can't change your height. So therefore we shouldn't use that as a metric of how much we like or dislike somebody or ourselves. For men, for sure. For men, yeah. It's like well, I'd hate to be five two and be watching The Bachelor and you hear that. That'd suck. Yeah. True. You see that all the time, though. It's like, especially on like Facebook, when you're like in the in the boards for you know the 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 Bachelor, and they're like, oh. yeah, he's like, oh, he's so hot and good looking. Oh, and he's <laughs> six six. You know, it's like, well, okay, but people can't control their height. So. Yeah, it is. It is a little strange. I've never been a a, a care. I, I don't really care because chances are everyone's going to be taller than me. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's rough. I don't like that whole and I don't like the way people who want to I mean men are shamed for their height all the time and then to dismiss the fact that they feel emasculated, people right. call it short man syndrome. Right. And it is very, you know, it's it's a truth, it's a real thing for sure. But to dismiss someone because of it is kind right. of uh, harsh. that's a very good point. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, a good friend of mine has a theory that I find very funny and it's kind of true in my experience, but her theory is that shorter men have handsomer faces because you have to look at them up close, whereas tall men are just kind of <laughs> far away. So, like, you can't even tell if they're handsome. <laughs> you only see their chin. Right. Yeah, basically. And I was like, you know, you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that Tom Cruise was at the Giants at one of the Do- Giants and Dodger games and a yeah, picture his got face circulated was all around? Yeah. yeah, it was so strange because he just finished filming, uh, you know, the seventh installment of uh, Mission Impossible and he looked, you know, the scene cut away. I mean, either makeup is really good or he lost or he gained a lot of weight in a short period of time. Who knows? You know, but what, well, we're talking about Tom. They're talking oh, about Tom Gunn. He's a little short. Oh, okay. Well, he's also short. Yes. Okay. Well, the thing <laughs> I was I found interesting about Brandon's conversation is that last week, Craig, I told you guys, or I told you both, but I mean, Craig, I think I was talking to you mainly because I was saying how men, you know, tend to not like, tend to not care about a woman's if a woman's interest aligns with their own, they rarely do. I'm not saying they don't care about the interest itself, but, but they're not as impressed. Like a woman is very impressed when a man has the exact same taste or interest, uh-huh. but a man could kind of care less. I think in this case, Brandon turned that corner on liking Michelle because he found her relatable and really liked that they, that they kind of share a similar um, racial makeup and upbringing. Mm-hmm. I, 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 their, their chemistry showed me that. Um, of course, I'm inferring, but still, I'm like, I was kind of surprised he was so into her all of a sudden. And I feel like that's the reason. And that's what that clip was for, basically, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, it could be. Um, I felt like her spoken word wasn't really a spoken word either it was just no. storytelling it's like she was reading in front of her class but didn't it rhyme 
It rhymed, yeah. There, that's all it is. That, that no, no, it was spoken word. <laughs> <laughs> See that this is so confusing. Is that poetry is when poetry is really bad, it has to rhyme. When yeah, poetry the, is really good, it doesn't right, it have doesn't to rhyme, rhyme. But then we would circle back around with spoken word because if it doesn't rhyme, it's not good again. And you're like, what's wait a minute. The, what's what are the, the difference rules? between a poetry slam and spoken word? Anyone? Crickets. How would I no. know that? Caitlin, know. <laughs> any answers? Anyone here uh, well-versed in poetry? Is slam, like, they do competitions with slam, right? Like, it's a oh, thing yeah. you can win. Oh, really? That's cool. I think so. And so I'm assuming the difference is that it could have the same form, but the slam is, like, the competition version. I might be totally wrong. Hmm. Uh, let's go with that. That seems legit. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So Brandon's into Michelle because they had a chance to spoke word to each other. That's good. Well, they, they found each other relatable. Their upbringing was very similar. And that's a good reason to to form a bond and stay together, honestly. That's one of the best reasons because then right. you understand a lot about each other instinctually, right? Instinctively. Right. Okay, we got to do Rancho okay. Cucamonga guy. Jamie. Then we oh, got to go do ahead. Jamie, and then we got to do fashion. So we got we still got a lot to do, get through here. I don't even have any fashion this <gasps> week. Oh, no fashion. Unless you do. Yeah, there was nothing, right? I mean, was there? I I didn't really notice. The only thing that popped up to me is Peter wore a pink sweatshirt tied around his shoulders at the right. group date, uh, and Michelle looked beautiful in her gown, and that's all I've got. Yeah, oh. I, I normally do like that look, except I know Peter was doing it in douchey. You know, he like, <laughs> yes. uh, he has that, that douche nozzle. Anyways, okay, so do you have anything about Rodney? Because I have nothing. I was tuned out. I feel like she likes, there's, she. I feel like she likes him because he has like a football player body. Uh-huh. And is that where it ends? Because he seems sweet, but I don't know. Well, she said she liked him because he is goofy. Okay. But that goofiness is based on the fact that he looks, that he's a beefy, goofy guy. Right. That makes it cuter, right? right. I wonder if she (laughs) really knows where Rancho Cucamonga is. Probably not. I don't know where it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's where the Dodgers single-A affiliate, the Quakes, play. Wow, good trivia. Thank you. Well, I used to live out there. I used to live in ah! Upland. Jesus. No, it's really far. Go away. <laughs> I know. It was far. Ugh. Upland uh-huh. was, a, it was, you know, it's only, you know, so many miles from L.A., but it was a world away. It is. Yes. Can't go over there. But um, I could take Metrolink to L.A. That was cool. I could walk to the Metrolink station from my apartment and then be in yeah. L.A., you know, like, you know, 45 Four minutes later or something. Um, but okay. Anything about Rodney's date? They had <laughs> more food stuff. They had streaking. They had what else? I don't remember. I want to talk more uh, about the Inland Empire. They rode a boat out to a thing at they one did? point. Oh my god! Yeah, where they had dinner. They had to row a boat there and back. I remember that. I don't. It didn't. Nothing super interesting happened on that date. But Rodney seems like. An actual nice person, so that's good. Yeah, he seems good enough. He seems nice enough. <laughs> okay, Jamie. That's the only. That's the 
most important thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, All right. <clears throat> he, I, I uh, hope you can fill up, you know, about 25 minutes worth of Jamie here so you can fill, uh, out, nah, a, fill we, out the podcast. Fill out? Come on. We can stop whenever we want. There's no, there's no, yeah, uh, you know, FCC or whatever. Um, J- okay. So. <laughs> there will be someday. They're going to regulate you know, podcasts. Yeah, they should. Um, <laughs> Jamie, he reminds me of Queen Victoria from Matt season where he came back from the date and he was so jealous. He needed to unload emotionally to get through any date. And he did that with a producer, much like Victoria did and just kind of verbal vomited the whole, you know, she's in spring break mode and I need to talk to you. She really needed to do that. Yeah, Caitlin, what is in spring break mode mean i I have no idea i was thinking about this because he said it a few times to the producer right and like repeated Uh, he said something along like you know i'm not gonna judge it but i can make fun of it she's in spring break mode i think what he means is that she is flirting with and kissing several men that's the only thing i can think of Uh... but that's not I wouldn't describe that as spring break. If somebody said, I'm going into spring break mode, I'd be like, so you're going to Florida and you're getting trashed on jello shots. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> like that's what I think of as spring break mode, but that Michelle's clearly not doing those things. So. Well, yeah, he's saying that what you said. And yeah. That I think it's that she she's having is, fun with more than one guy. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I she's see. not serious. She's not looking for her dude. Well, since she's she's a teacher, I sort of thought that he just meant she's on a week break. <laughs> what? <My> goodness. Um, <laughs> why spring did break he pull... mode for teachers? Well, that's <laughs> teachers have a spring break. Not, not they does. do, but I don't know if this was what they would do on spring break mode either. I think spring break mode for teachers. I mean, I guess I teach, so I could say what I do on spring break, which is usually like I sleep in every day and I watch TV. So. Yeah, exactly. That's when I think of spring break as somebody who works at universities, I think of relaxation time without anyone else around. I don't know. Um, okay. Why did he pull the producer aside? That's the weird thing. It's not like the producer pulled him aside. He told no, the producer, hey, yeah, let's he go talk. specifically Why would he do pulled that? them? That's exactly what we're saying with Victoria was that she... The way the producers get these people to say these horrible things on television and make them into right. villains or dish, you know, totally disrespect someone that they don't really care that much about is because they become their friends. And it's a really sneaky thing to do because they eventually betray them mm-hmm. while still keeping good relationships with them. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not. Yeah. Whenever you see that, you, you're totally I mean, right. It, but. But he, he, his mindset was like, I'm going to say some bad things about Michelle. Let me go get the producer. He had to go out of his way to yeah, make I a mean, space to say those things. Why would he do that? To, to refer back to last week, you know, he has deep emotional insecurities and he cannot move on. From something where he feels slighted or hurt without completely, you know, feeling in control by talking badly about somebody or figuring it. That's how he figures things out. That's how he uh, works his way through his mind, through his processes in his mind. 
I think same thing with Victoria. Remember? She would say, I think, I don't remember what the, yeah, but the logical things At least, at least there say. she'd be like crying and you were. At the same thing. We would deduce that the producer went over to her and like asked her if she's okay or something. It's a little different than pulling the producer aside. I, I think aside. we did see Victoria pull the producer aside. Like she would Would go over to her and talk to her and be like, can you believe this, you know, this bitch is doing this to me. (laughs) And I don't remember, you know, it wasn't like as clear cut, but it was, it was very, it happened like three times or two times. And it's like, okay, so they really shouldn't show this this way. Um, Anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm with EZR on this one. I think he was so worked up that he didn't get that group date rose that he needed to vent to someone and he mistakenly thought the producer was his friend Hmm. and I guess assumed he wasn't on camera, but he was definitely still wearing his mic. So such a rookie mistake should know better. Yeah. But yeah, just, he obviously came off looking very bad for both like, you know, saying Michelle's on spring break mode and she's not serious <laughs> and then like making fun of Brandon who did nothing to him you know so he just looked like a real asshole which I mean if the shoe fits he's definitely got some asshole qualities and it really set up the whole rest of what would happen during the rose ceremony because you know when they show you that footage of talking to producer they only do it if they think it's either like super dramatic or it's going to make the episode really great or it's somehow needed for a narrative because they generally don't want to put the producer on screen right Right. so they really wanted us to hate jamie they wanted (laughs) us to be like this guy sucks (laughs) and it was like you probably didn't even need that one conversation to make the point stick because the stuff he would even just say in his like regular to camera interviews and even to the other men, you'd be like, huh? What are you doing, Jamie? Stop. Do you have any Jamie clips, EZR? Yeah. So I have kind of a, well, I have Jamie and Nate kind of, kind of going at it. But I think more importantly is <clears throat> Jamie explaining himself very, very strategically. And I want to say almost, you know, He's doing a classic three's company thing, right? Where you're understanding there's a double entendre there. Like, okay, in three's company, there, Jack or who, I, I, uh-huh. I, I don't know if it's a three's company trope, but someone is saying something and you can understand it two ways because Mr. Roper is understanding it one way and the girls are understanding it a different way, right? And whoever the guest is is understanding it a uh-huh. third way. So this happens and it's actually pretty masterful. Uh, in his lying, I mean, it's it's not a good thing, but it's he's he seems to have been so good at it that he thought he could get away with it in a group in front of cameras. Like <laughs> this is how yeah. either deranged he is or how um, how much he's gotten away with so far in his life. Certain individuals directly challenged your character, and what I communicated is that no, I didn't feel like any specific individual challenged Joe's character or your character. It was the open speculation in the house of people talking about the potential of you knowing each other that essentially created its own monster that that had the potential to challenge both of your both characters long term. <laughs> that was so good. That was there's, so good. There's like there were so many memes on uh, 
on Twitter right at that moment. Like <laughs> us trying to understand Jamie and then like a gif of some kind. I think that's super comprehensible. And honestly, no, if they had, if, if they loved him, that, I, if the producers yeah. loved him, he might have gotten away with it. Yeah, it was. It was him saying what he said all along that, you know, he was trying to make it sound no. to the men like, hey, maybe you personally don't know you, you know, other contestant, but some contestants here have been talking and you might not have heard it, but I did. And then he's telling Michelle in that same breath, everyone here is talking, but you don't really know who. Me, I'm just a messenger. And I'm glad I, you were able to parse that out. <laughs> well, I think part of the issue is when you say, you know, a lot of people are talking and maybe you didn't hear it, but I did, is that before this, he specifically told Nate that he wasn't in any conversations about this. and or presumably couldn't have heard it from anyone. And that made no sense. Like the conversation with him and Nate was very confusing because they would be like, so why did you say X, Y, and Z? And he'd be like, I was never in a conversation about that. And you're like, huh, what? Well, Hmm. see, the thing is, is that if Nate was a little bit more removed from the house, he might have believed it. And he, here's where I, 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 Here's where I think Jamie's plan failed. And this might be the only reason it failed, other than the fact that the producers obviously got the narrative and he misspoke, lied enough times on camera in a... in in a What's the word? Not reasonable, but in a completely, you know, saying one thing in one scene and saying the complete opposite in another scene, that they could put piece that together to show him as a liar... But I think Jamie really wanted the lie that she, that she was seen at a bar and that someone said what he said to her and then him going and saying that all the men are talking. He wanted that to take a life of its own because he's watched the show enough where lies do or rumors do take a life of their own. He wanted people to hate Joe. But I think people, here's where I'm kind of confused. I don't think anyone in the house hates Joe. And I think people aren't into Michelle enough or they're not in, the the prize isn't as, you know, it's too early on for the prize to be that valuable yet. <clears throat> and to, and you're right, and Joe isn't a big enough threat. So, um, and and I think everyone else's view too is that Joe is not head and shoulders above the whole house he's just a front runner so jamie trying to take him down was kind of um arbitrary to people and they knew enough to know that jamie is the one that's lying it's kind of a you know he didn't Uh play his hand right (laughs) well there's a lot going on but i think basically jamie did not play his hand right because he overestimated Joe, he underestimated the house, and he lied to Michelle. And those three things, as they were found out, like blew up in his face. Like, it's not, yeah. yeah. That still, to me, doesn't mean that what he was saying when he was challenged made any sense. I'm glad you were able to get stuff from it. Well, you want to hear, I mean, I don't, I think it's good. And I don't know what's, I understand that, you know, on Twitter or whatever, there's like, you know, they don't want to understand him. 
they want to make him look, they want to pile on, they want to bully him because he did lie. Well, it's not piling on to like put a gif of somebody scratching their head with based on something someone said. It's just funny. Well, I don't know. I can just imagine that they were pretty mean to him. Um, well, but, he kept be, he kept being challenged, and he kept like talking out of the side of his mouth. It was funny. Different. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that when he had both groups, he was saying different things to together in the same room, and he had to say one cohesive thing that made sense to both of them. I think he did that pretty well. And in a different circumstances, and I'm sure he's been in plenty of these circumstances, he might have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. Because well, he's so he is a biotech CEO. So you got to be somewhat sociopathic <laughs> to be a CEO. Isn't that what they say? Well, like, I think it's more the biotech. Like, it, you uh, know, those biotech people need ethics, need bioethics classes. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, I heard a rumor on another podcast that <laughs> biotech CEO is right. very exaggerated because apparently his company only has one startup. One employee, and it's him. Right. Oh, I'm the CEO and the courier and <laughs> and the, yes, uh, that's the, what it sounded like. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Well, there you go. There's more of his lying. <laughs> I'm I'm tired of not calling liars liars. Like, oh, they misspoke. They exaggerated the truth. Let's just call them liars. Um. Anyways, that's all I got. He's gone anyway. I just I just. I really do wish someone like this, I don't, I'm glad he's not liked by producers because you don't want to see people like this win, but in a, as someone who is masterful at the art of lying, Craig, right? Right? You're masterful at the art of lying? You, oh. sir. <laughs> don't you want to get better at it? Yeah. I like watching people like this. I think they are that's why they should put studies. me on tv seriously i'm right here i'm 20 years too late but <laughs> yeah you'd be jamie 100 <laughs> percent. i forget what we said earlier about him but whatever we said it was like exactly the same you know i'd be like oh that's totally craig that's something craig would do <laughs> he's 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 you know and and because his story it for the first time in bachelor history his story directly relates to how he acts i mean that's not true it's not the first time but i felt like we knew two things about him and those two things make total sense together Mm. right he he has deep emotional trauma that's from his mother and then he's a liar and tries to gaslight and lie to everyone and make you know those are directly related and it's not fair to put this man on television he's you're exploiting him um, he, you know, he's sympathetic to me. He's very sympathetic. I, I, I'm, I realize well, that he's be, a liar because of the trauma, because of the trauma. Right. 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 Which we discussed last week on our podcast. Yes. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you a couple questions. Follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, are you surprised? So it sounds like you're not surprised that he was kicked off and not saved by the producers somehow. You know what's surprising to me is that, so here's more of the evidence machine rolling on. Michelle took a stand. She claimed she really liked him, but cut it off at the pass, where I feel Joe um, 
is just as, I mean, if she cut Joe, no one would be like, why'd you do that? I feel like it's the same vein of stuff. You know, they because lied to her. Joe ghosted her. Yeah, I mean, uh, he ghosted her, but then keeping track again, ghosted her, but then kind of lied about it. Um, right, which we and tried about. to dismiss right. it. Yeah, we talked about it, but anyway, um, it, it, I'm just, I'm surprised that she was so who I thought she was. Determ, like you know, cut. That's it. No second chances. Bye. I agree with her, but I feel like she should be more even like that across the board. Um, anyway. I'm still stuck on. Well, I'm still stuck on why he pulled the producer aside and talked to her. I still, I can't. I just can't reconcile that because he, he seems very calculated. I, I feel like that's how he. That's his only. You know. Yeah. No. You, you made a good point. You said so, that he he needs to express those things in order to yeah complete his you know thought process or whatever. That makes sense. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's like. It, everyone, no matter how much of a evil villain, you still have to have an Achilles heel, or else you're not <laughs> human, right? So I every villain like, has an Achilles heel. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Every rose has. Anyway. Um, yeah. Are we going to start recapping uh, Rock of Love? Oh, I loved Rock of Love. That was a good. <laughs> you show. loved Rock of Love. Loved it. My friend bought the DVD set. Oh my god. And the flavor of love, and we watched it all in a marathon. It was the best. We oh constantly quote it, constantly quote it for a while there. Rock of love, oh my and god! And flavor of love. Have you ever seen Rock of Love, Caitlin? I have, but it's been a very long time. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, <laughs> I don't. I'm pretty sure it is, but so because I watched those two shows and I didn't understand where they came from. I had to end up watching Surreal Life, which I think we've talked about before on the podcast. But they're all, they must all be on Tubi at this point um, for free. So probably. they're pretty fun. Hmm? I said lots probably. Of, lots of dead celebrities on there now. Lots of uh, Bronson Pinchot from. Ooh, love yeah, Bronson Pinchot. I love Bronson Pinchot too. He's so annoying. But I loved him on Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers was like my show growing up. <gasps> you never Even, told me this. We never talked like, about full, Perfect Strangers. Full House is what I I I, I was like. That you pretend I, to like. I loved I loved and still do insane. love Full House, but Perfect Strangers was really like that was the show. Do you and Mark talk about Perfect Strangers a lot? <laughs> it's so good. I've mentioned it to him because I follow a Twitter account called. Perfect Strangers stills, which just has screen grabs of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's did just... you watch all that, Caitlin, or was that like, are you too young for that? Uh, I'm aware of Perfect Strangers through watching VH1's "I Love the '80s." Uh... <laughs> so that's the age group I'm in, I guess. I see. Yeah, was, new channel was... alert. They were all on the same. Uh, they, they were on TGIF. Night. Yeah. Yeah. Same night. Friday nights um, on ABC. Uh, well, I didn't get to watch it live, um, but I watched it. You know, because later. you were you had to go to bed or something. I don't think I even. I don't think I was alive. Oh. I, <laughs> I think I was one. 
But um, <laughs> so I did have to go to bed. <clears throat> um, well, I couldn't, but, have, I couldn't have been that young because I, I had no problem staying up and watching it. Well, I so, don't know. I, I must know. have been like, you know, 10 or 11 or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was in the 80s. Um, oh, there's a new channel, everybody, called Rewind. And Craig at 9 p.m., which is a big reason why I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get. No, it's on at 8. Dang it. I'm going to miss it. They're playing Becker. Remember Becker, Ted Danson? Oh, 90s? Becker's the worst. I know. I'm rewatching it. No, it's horrible. It was not funny at all. Ted Danson was awful, and it it made Terry Farrell leave Star Trek: Deep Space Nine early in order to do it. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna watch it even harder now. Oh, I awful. love. <laughs> I just wish they would play more uh, musty TV. You know, because there's like an earlier time in Rewind where they're, they're like earlier in the day, they're playing family ties, they're playing designing women, and then they get into the 90s stuff. Anyways, I haven't really looked at the schedule, but I saw, I was like, when's the last time I heard about this show? So excited. I haven't heard of this Rewind. Is it a rebranded network? It's one of those, uh, yeah, it's like 5.4, 4.5. Yeah, yeah. It's like next to Cozy TV. Caitlin, is any of this remotely exciting to you? I never get the. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's exciting to me. So they had I, to I kill off. They had to kill off Dax from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine a year before the show ended, so that Terry Farrell could leave the show and go on Becker as a lead. What a as contract the negotiation that must have been different networks. Yeah. Um, so she leaves Deep Space Nine, which was thriving, and right in the middle of a big story arc, she leaves it to go on Becker, which turned out to be awful. Have it's you ever sitcom. heard that, like, Jerry Rice is the reason from Deep Space Nine, wait, Deep Space Nine, was the reason that Barack Obama, anyways, it's, a, it's not a conspiracy, it's just like, one thing leads to another, and that's why Barack Obama was president. I'll tell it to you when I remember uh, okay. it, but, <laughs> <laughs> more importantly, um, I had to watch a CTV on one of those TVs, you know, for those. And then, and then when you get to channel 13, you have to go. So, cause there was a, yeah, cause VHF and UHF. Yeah, exactly. Weird Al. But, and I never got to see them with a good antenna. So I'm living my dreams. I'm making it happen. Someone put all of musty TV on uh, rewind stream yeah anyway that's that yeah it's very very exciting to me i finally and uh, remember i told you i was also watching them on like youtube like two guys a girl in a pizza place oh god now and, see that's that that was too late that was later on for me so i, I never watched that show Greg. Yeah, um no. i was like crap, off to college by crap, then. crap single guy no not me uh, i was still at home okay that's all <laughs> I think, single guy everybody i think we've lost caitlin i think she's hung up <laughs> yeah no i'm still here i was just like i have nothing to add to that so do you know do you remember any i mean other than this is the same these are contemporaries of friends and seinfeld and if you ever ask yourself why friends and seinfeld have these horrible plot lines on certain episodes it's because of these horrible shows that pulled them that way because there had mm. to be that does that make sense? So, I don't yeah. know. The rest like, of TV was pretty bleak at the time. Yeah, the, these these shows 
you know, I, I, it's, it's hard to describe, but basically whenever you have a really dated um, joke or a very kind of one-off episode that makes up this rule that doesn't make any sense to you, it's probably because of these shows because these were just as bad and they were trying to pull the musty TV audience to watch the whole two-hour block. So they kind of did these, you know, oh, no, the, on this show, you know, they're going to be talking about marriage. And so then they're going to do it on this show. And they try to make all these things go together. I, it, it's hard to explain, but there's a horrible episodes of Seinfeld and and they don't make any sense. And I think this is the reason. And okay. you can blame Darman and Greg. You can totally <laughs> blame Darman and Greg. I will draw you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be Charlie, Char- okay. Charlie from uh, uh, Always well, Sunny. You if you're, red if you're listening, you can tell how great this episode of The Bachelor was by our, sorry, The Bachelorette, yeah. by how much we've invested in it this episode. Okay. Well, I actually enjoyed this episode, I think. Oh, I did not. Just, I like, it, just don't get it. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm with Caitlin. I thought it was pretty good, but the problem was it was too formulaic. It was, you know, group date, single date, group date, rose ceremony. So it was just like, ugh. I kind of I mean, don't have the, the yeah, the uh, passion or the, yeah, I was bored. I seriously fell asleep four times. <laughs> so, well, we're going to, ha- Caitlin's going to fall asleep if we don't end this podcast. So. Yeah, that's true. I'm tired. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, follow us on social media. Leave us a review. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.